Everybody say, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Wow. Say it one more time. Praise the Lord. That reminds me of a story that I heard. An old man was traveling through the back roads of Texas and in his pickup truck. His truck breaks down. He's out in the middle of nowhere. He has no way to call or communicate with nobody to get any kind of a help. It's awful hot, and so he decides, I'm going to have to get out and walk, look for some help. Takes off down the road. He sees a ranch, goes up to the door, knocks on the door. The old man comes to the door. He says, sir, I'm broke down. You got a phone I can use? He said, young man, I ain't had a phone in 40 years. He said, oh. He said, uh, what's your problem? He said, I'm broke down. He said, oh, I hate to hear that. He goes, uh, maybe I could borrow your car. You could give me a ride to town. He said, how far are you? I said, you're a good 30 miles. He said, oh. He said, no, young man, I ain't drove a car in 20 years. He said, he said, well, how do you go anywhere? He said, I just jump on my horse and, and I ride it. The man said, well, what kind of horses you got? He said, I got some pretty good horses. He said, well, I don't know much about a horse. He said, but he said, well, I'd loan you a horse if you want to take your horse to town. And the guy thought about it. He said, well, I don't have much of a choice. He said, how hard is it to ride a horse? It's not real hard to ride this. I got this one horse. You need to ride it. He said, when you get on the horse, all you got to do is say, praise the Lord. He'll take off. If he gets to going, you want him to stop, you say, amen. The horse will stop. The guy said, well, I got no choice, but I think I'll try it. So he gets on the horse, and he says, praise the Lord. The horse begins to walk. He said, this ain't so bad. So after a few minutes, he thought, you know, it's going to take me forever to walk in this horse to 30 miles. So he said, I'll try something. He said, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Old horse started walking a little bit faster. He said, hey, I think I got this thing. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. And the horse takes off running, full run ahead. The guy is scared to death. It's out of control. He can't control the horse. And the horse is running through the fields and the pastures. And all of a sudden, he sees ahead of him there is a cliff coming. And the horse is headed straight to it. And he's frantic. And all of a sudden, he remembers. And he shouts, Amen. And much to his surprise, the old horse's feet board lay lock up. And he slides right to the edge of the cliff. And he doesn't go off. He is so relieved. He goes, praise the Lord. Some of y'all get that. If you didn't get that, talk to your neighbor and say, what did I miss? But praise the Lord. All right. You know, we've been, as been said many times, we're into our, getting into our fourth year of prayer and talking weekly about prayer. We've talked about a lot of prayer. We've had a lot of different aspects, perspectives on prayer. And my heart is tonight that uh, we spend more time praying than we spend talking about prayer tonight. I believe that's what the Lord wants to do. So this is a, this is, Wednesday nights is prayer night. It's a time to come and pray. So I hope you came to pray. Because tonight we're going to pray. We're going to pray as a corporate body because it's very important to pray as a corporate body. And uh, one of the fas fashions of prayer is, we've talked about many times, been said, but the uh, Lord's brought me back to it tonight, is about the importance of intercessory prayer. It's about talking to you tonight, once again, why are we doing this every Wednesday night? Why we make this such an importance to do this every Wednesday night? We're going to be talking about that. If you have your Bibles, I'm going to go to the book of Acts, chapter 12. And uh, at this time, the disciples were turning Jerusalem upside down with the gospel. And King Herod was the reigning king at that time, but he was a very ruthless king. So I want to read this uh, passage of Scripture Chapter 12, beginning in verse 1, it says, It was about this time that King Herod arrested some of who belonged to the church, intending to persecute them. He had James, the brother of John, put to death with the sword. When he saw that this pleased the Jews, he proceeded to seize Peter also. 
This happened during the Feast of Unleavened Bread. After arresting him, he put him in prison, handed him over to the guard, be guarded by four squads of four soldiers each. Herod intended to bring him out for public trial after the Passover. So Peter was kept in the prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. But the church was earnestly praying to God for him. But the church was earnestly praying to God for him. The night before Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains, and sentries stood guard at the entrance. Suddenly, say suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared, and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him up. Quick, get up, he said, and the chains fell off Peter's wrist. Then the angel said to him, put on your clothes and sandals, and Peter did so. Wrap your cloak around you and follow me, the angel told him. Peter followed him out of the prison, but he had no idea that what the angel was, do act was doing was really happening. He thought he was seeing a vision. They passed the first and the second guards and came to the iron gate leading to the city. It opened for them by itself, and they went through it. When they had walked the length of one street, suddenly the angel left him. Then Peter came to himself and said, now I know without a doubt that the Lord sent his angel and rescued me from Herod's clutches and from everything the Jewish people were anticipating. When this had dawned on him, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, also called Mark, where many people had gathered and were praying. Peter knocked on the outer entrance, and a certain girl named Rhoda came to answer the door. When she recognized Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed, she ran back without opening it and exclaimed, Peter is at the door. You're out of your mind, they told her. When she kept insisting that it was so, they said, it must be his angel. But Peter kept on knocking, and when they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. Peter motioned with his hand for them to be quiet and described how the Lord had brought him out of prison. Tell James and the brothers about this, he said, and then he left for another place. In the morning, there was no small commotion among the soldiers as to what become of Peter. After Herod had a thorough search made for him and did not find him, he cross-examined the guards in order that they be executed. Then Herod went from Judea to Caesarea and stayed there for a while. I want to talk to you tonight about the importance of intercessory prayer, about the power the church has when it prays, about the power of prayer meetings then and now even today. This is not just a formality or just a ritual we attend each and every Wednesday night now for four years. We sacrifice our times and we make a serious effort to be here, to pray corporately as a body of believers who truly believe in the power of prayer. And as a result of our passion and obedience to be here and to petition God and to intercede on behalf of others, we have seen results. Can I get an amen? There is fruit being produced by our commitment to pray. Here was King Herod, who was a fearful of what, God, what the gospel is doing to his kingdom, just like our enemy still is today. He's afraid of a praying church. He feels two of the ringleaders are James and Peter. So he finds and he kills James with a sword. And in doing so, he finds it was pleasing to the Jews. So he seized Peter too for the sake of popularity against his peers. By the, by the timing though of his plot to kill Peter, he was restrained from his effort because it was during the time for the days of unleavened bread, which leads up to the Passover. It would not have been a proper time to persecute anyone. This was a seven-day event. So he describes for the moment to put Peter in prison. He has them heavily guarded, surrounded by prison guards, and King Herod's plans to bring him out after the Passover has passed 
and then he was going to kill him. The church becomes aware of Peter's conditions. And upon knowing his conditions and the love the church had for Peter, in that day, it was enough to call a prayer meeting, and the church began to pray constantly for him day and night. They were together together as a body because of one of their members was in need of intercession, needed God to intervene. We as a body of believers, upon hearing of someone's conditions, ought to be driven by compassion to pray and intercede for those who need God's help in our midst. That is our purpose here on Wednesday nights. Whether it's their personal condition they're in, or their loved one's condition, or their spiritual condition, or the conditions of this nation, or their physical conditions, the church needs to pray, and the church needs to intercede on their behalf. Because whatsoever we ask in prayer believing, they shall receive. So here's Peter, a disciple, and he's in prison, bound by chains. His life was in a terrible condition. Upon the church becoming aware of his conditions, they prayed for him constantly. That shows the importance of prayer and a prayer meeting, that we're to be consistent, that we're to be steadfast in this thing. They are just as important today as they were in Peter's day. What we do every Wednesday night in here is important for others as well as for us. It's not always about your needs, though. All too often, it's about others as well. Intercessory prayer shows a person's love for his fellow human. Prayer is always the answer for things beyond our control. Prayer gets you involved, and in return, God gets involved in our matters. We have not because why? We ask not. And too often we find ourselves or others in critical conditions in our life, and times we don't even pray. Or too often it's a last resort. We'll never find ourselves capable of doing nothing as long as we're praying. Because if God be for us, who can be against us? And Jesus instructed us to what? Pray ye one for another. I pray for you. You pray for me. And it builds this wealth of faith. It builds a wall of resistance against our enemies. Our prayers cause for the release of warring angels to be dispatched from heaven by God to war against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness and spiritual wickedness in high places. Prayer sends a request to God for him to show himself strong on our behalf, which is his desire. Upon going boldly before the throne room of God and making our petitions known through prayer, prayer and supplication, Jesus intercedes on our behalf to the Father who responds to our faith we have in our prayers because he is a God who hears and answers our prayers. Now, Jesus truly understands intercessory prayer. He is an intercessor. He is the example of the power of intercession. He sits at the right hand of the Father, and what does he do? He makes intercession for you and I. He intercedes to our Heavenly Father for our sons. He does it for our daughters. He does it for our spouses. He does it for our neighbors, those who are in spiritual prisons, who have been arrested or snared by the enemy, bound by sin or bound by addictions or harmed by afflictions, and are being held captive by their conditions. And Jesus said he has come to set the captives free. When the church learned of Peter's condition and began to intercede for him, God dispatched angels to release him from his captivity, from the very thing that had held him captive. I'm sure Peter prayed, 
But how many know sometimes the conditions that you find yourself in sometimes can hinder your strength to pray? Have you ever been so bound you felt you didn't have the strength to even pray? And that's when you need the saints to intercede for you. You need them to agree with you in prayer, with you. That's the role of the church. The church is not this building. The church is the people in this building. And as a church, as a body, if any member of the body is affected, the body should come together and intercede for the member. See, while Peter was in captivity, the church was praying and interceding. And as a result, Peter was set free. So if you ever wonder why we recommend spending so much time praying every Wednesday night, now for four years, this is the reason why we pray. <clears throat> Not just because it's a formal or routine, but because it's powerful and because it's effective to protecting and healing and delivering this body from the enemy's plots and the enemy's plans that's been brought against it. When we pray, we are canceling the enemy's assignments through the power of prayer. And we are seeing people healed, delivered, set free, saved, sanctified by God's response to our prayers of intercession. And tonight, as we gather and we pray, we must intercede on behalf of those we know that are in conditions and in situations that need God to intervene in their lives. We must pray without ceasing. We must believe in the power of prayer and that nothing is impossible with our God so that people can be released from their prisons and return back to the church like Peter did. There are many who have been snared out of this place right here, this church, been snared by the enemy, and they're out there, and they're secluded, and they're restrained. They're in their spiritual prisons, and they need the church to be in here praying that God would send angels to release them out of their prisons so they can be back in here in the church of God where they belong. Amen? People who need their conditions to change, people who need to be released from all their spiritual prisons, the bound, the afflicted, the addicted, the cast down, let's be the church. See, first of all, God's word calls us to pray. One key reason to pray is because God has commanded us to pray. And Jesus prayed regularly. And prayer, we've we preached many times, is our communications with God. Prayer allows us to participate in God's work. And prayer gives us the power over evil. Prayer is our communication line straight through to God Almighty. When we pray tonight, we must be confident that God hears our prayers. In Psalms 91.15, he shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble, and I will deliver him and honor him. 24-7. You'll never get a busy signal. You'll never have to talk to his secretary. You'll never hear, I'm not home right now. You'll never hear, this number has been disconnected. You're never going to hear, may I ask who's calling. You're never going to hear, may I call you right back, I'm busy. You're never going to hear, I'm going to put you on hold, I got another beep. He will never be out of range. There will never be any static in the line. He will hear you clearly. You have unlimited access every day, not just night and the weekends. He don't need a caller ID. He knows who you are before you ever even call him. We got people in tough conditions, and we must pray for them. 
We, see, we receive prayer requests every day here at the church. You receive them. Your friends text you their requests. Your friends tell you about their conditions. You hear it when you're standing in Walmart in the checkout line about people's conditions. You are exposed daily to people who have conditions. And you hear with your ear of their conditions. And as a believer, and believing the power of prayer and that Jesus is able and that nothing's impossible with God, you should have the compassion and be burdened to pray for those conditions of those people that they have shared with you. So that God will intervene and God will send and dispatch angels into their life to help them to escape from the prisons that they're finding themselves in. The world is full of people like this. We've all been there. I've been in prison before. You've been in prison before. But God showed up and showed himself strong on your behalf because somebody prayed and somebody interceded for you when you needed them. And you've got to intercede for them when they need you. Amen? That is the church. That is why we come in here every single Wednesday night to come in here, hear about prayer, but not just to hear about prayer, but be a doer of the word. That we come and we do actually spend time praying because it is important to you, but it's important to everyone around you as well. It's important to the stranger today when you heard of his conditions. It's important to the one you'd pass by when you're driving here tonight. You've seen walking along the road, looked homeless. It's important to them. It's important to those who are suicidal. It's important to those who are in bad conditions. God says that we're supposed to pray and we're supposed to pray without ceasing. That when we see a need, we should be praying, calling upon the Heavenly Father and asking him to intercede on their behalf he intercedes for us you know there's one just today we got one from a woman listen to her conditions pray for my son who struggled for years with substance abuse pray for my daughter who's going through hurtful relationship problems and lastly my oldest son who has special needs all of this is going in this on in this woman's life we received the prayer request today it is our obligation as a believer and as a Christian to pray for this woman. She has conditions that we need to pray that God will show up and change these conditions of those that she loves. And out of our love and our compassion, we should want to want to pray for each other and one another. We are to know their conditions. And when we become available of knowing their conditions, then we are to intercede for them. They need you. They need God. We have people who have conditions. Some are bound. Some are grieving. Some are mourning. Some are sick. Some are afflicted. Some are addicted. We have national situations. We have got to pray. So what I want to do now, I want you to come like is instructed by Scripture. I want you to come boldly before the throne room of grace to this altar area, and we're going to make our petitions known to God tonight. If you would, please make your way up to the altar. And we're going to pray. This time we're going to pray. It's going to be a time of intercession. Every single one of you either has conditions or you know somebody who has conditions. And we're going to talk about them in just a moment when I get everybody up here. And we're going to hear what these needs are. And we're going to begin to pray over some of them. So before you begin to start praying... I'm going to give you a chance, and I just want a quick, quick response. If you know of you have a need or you someone has a need, just raise your hand, and I want you to say it. A man with cancer. Kathy. 
Deafness in our daughter's ear. Somebody else. Who? Bite and bipermit. He's the one that fell. Yes, his back, broke his back. Yes. Shirley Bullock. Got a report today. Amber Rogers. Her sister. Her husband. Wow. Friend that's got cancer. Ricky. Amen. Another condition. Anybody else? Right here. Wow. Cancer again. Anybody else? Brother-in-law has cancer. Another cancer. Joanne Ward's in the hospital. Needs a healing. Denny. Michael and Linda Huber, they're our folks.